right, so we're going to do it like this. Welcome back to another riveting episode of Talking Heads. You have me, the man, the myth, the legend, Antonio, the marketing executive for the center here. Um, I guess Brent and Rob are out trying to one-up each other on their hairstyles. I think I heard Brent say he was getting frosted tips or something, so we'll see what they look like at the next episode. Um, but we are so fortunate to have with us today one of the premier attorneys here in Atlanta, Helen from Jackson, Mississippi, um, by way of law school in Indiana, the man, the, I heard they called him Big Boat. <laughs> Attorney Noah J. Moore Esquire, welcome to Talking Heads, my friend. Thank you, Tony. Uh, Tony, you're one of my good friends. It's a pleasure being on this podcast. Oh, I, I, it's our pleasure to have you here, sir. Um, so we're just going to start off like this. We ask all of our attorneys here, because um, it's interesting to hear the origin stories, man, just like all the superheroes. Um, what got you into law, man? I'll be honest, man. Um, with me, uh, I'm from Jackson, Mississippi, originally born and raised outside. Um, my mom and dad always instilled in me uh, education with my brothers. Mm -hmm. um, you know, my brothers, they're in medicine, whether it's pharmacy or cardiology or entrepreneurship. They always give us, give us toward that goal um, from day one. I knew the education was in me. I knew it <laughs> Okay. Um, so my mom put me in law camps at Tulum College. Um, it was the Magnolia Bar Association law camp. Mm -hmm. The Magnolia Bar Association is the largest black bar in Mississippi. Okay. Um, a lot of great attorneys that were there and judges that were part of that bar. Um, but I went to that particular camp, I would say about three years consecutively. Okay. We have been to Tulum College's campus. They chose a lot of things. Across the courtroom, set uh -huh. there, judges came up. Being honest, black men in robes mm -hmm. wasn't pretty common. Um, I come from Mississippi where, you know, it's a confederacy, 50th and everything. Mm -hmm. Whether it's diabetes, whether it's high cholesterol, high blood pressure, heart disease, mm -hmm. low education, uh, poverty law, uh, Mississippi race in the 50s. 50s. Um, so having that grounding from my parents uh, about education mm -hmm. really instilled me to say, this is what I'm going to do. Okay. That's how I got my start in law. I knew I always wanted to do it. Okay. Okay. And undoubtedly with anything that's that's worth um, pursuing, it, it gets hard sometimes. So what's what's kept you in law? <laughs> and, and, and honestly, I, I said this on a lot of my Instagram pro a lot of my Instagram posts. Uh so that I'm doing the Lord's work. Okay. Uh, I come from so my dad is a United Methodist minister. Uh -huh. He actually just turned seventy in February. Oh, okay. Uh, but he's in his fiftieth year of ministry. Oh wow. So he started preaching when he was eighteen. My mom is a psychologist. She had a person in Georgia State. She went to school with Martin Luther King's daughter. She grew up in Columbus, Georgia. Mm -hmm. They relocated uh, when they were young. My grandfather died in, uh, off Columbia Drive in mm -hmm. County. Uh, she is a psychologist that's had her own private practice since I was born, so for 30 years. Mm -hmm. And uh, they've always instilled with us to put your, put your feet on the ground, mm -hmm. boots on the ground. So uh, I took that and always have tried to be a servant to my clients. It's hard. Mm -hmm. But if you keep that in your forefront, I believe uh, you'll be good. Uh, you know, a lot of people are, are encompassed by greed, by money, by flashy things, but I'm encompassed by doing the right thing for the people that I represent for. I call them Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Okay. Um, man, of course, 
the inception of the concussion center here or was it just something that we said, hey, let's do this? There was a calling and a need for it. Like you said, things that, that happened that said, hey, this is needed. Um, and we've seen head injuries, traumatic brain injuries, TBIs, that kind of thing be talked about more and more. Mm-hmm. Um, when we know originally it was talked about just primarily in the sports world. Yes. But now it's making its way over into personal injury and mm-hmm. to other other instances. Um, what do you think kind of has driven that that change or that movement? Um, I think it takes people out the concussion center to put them on the forefront. Mm-hmm. So you all have the wherewithal to be able to scan the client and make sure that they do not have it. Mm-hmm. That's good. If they don't have to, that's okay. But diagnostically, we need to make sure mm-hmm. that that's not a thing that they're going to do with in the future. So um, it depends on how that to attorney or where, whatever the referral source may be. Mm-hmm. Just to make sure that they know what's going on with the client. Because I've had instances where clients have had headaches even after about I've settled their case. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when I first started practicing and I started to notice these things, there was a lot of people on my head. So this is, this is the problem. Mm-hmm. So I know for a fact that if they're dizzy, just all of a sudden, or whether they may have constant headaches or constant migraines that they haven't had before, that may be as a result of the collision. Right. So uh, just by me realizing those things, honestly being attentive as mm-hmm. an attorney and realizing that. Um, so I believe neurologists, specifically the concussion center, uh, really put them on the forefront for us in terms of really be available for that and be able to uh, understand that those clients are dealing with those ailments. Yeah, I, I like how you um, talked about the diagnostic um, responsibility that you have. Because, um, I mean, pretty much the standard was we're going to get an MRI, period. Yes. Um, <laughs> and getting an MRI. Exactly. I mean, and, and that's like you said, that's fine because if an MRI comes back negative, we still checked it out. But when dealing with a mild traumatic brain injury or concussion, mm-hmm. it's very likely that the MRI is going to be negative, but it's still there. So, yeah, it is important to have that additional step that you can go past that um, because you're still responsible, like you said, to your client for that. So that's pretty cool. Um, And, of course, like with anything that's new, um, pushback from those who don't understand it or um, like the old um, quote says, what you don't understand, you fear. Mm -hmm. So do you think it's more um, lack of education or more fear that you're seeing when you introduce my client having a head injury when you're in demand stage or trial stage or? So I would say lack of education. Okay. Um, and the thing about it is, I believe we've come to a point now where there's more knowledge based upon TBIs mm-hmm. uh, that you can fully get to see what's going on with a particular client and a pattern. Um, as mentioned to you, our brothers are deep within mm-hmm. medical journals. <laughs> okay. So once you have a new, go through those qualitative or quantitative tests, Mm-hmm. And you're able to go through that study and determine that something may be an issue. Uh-huh. You can trace that particular science to what's happening. Right. So now we have a precedent, scientifically, mm-hmm. not legally, but scientifically. Right. I then rely on the experts to give that scientific basis to what that Dalbert to go fulfill that Dalbert test to make sure that they understand that within their expertise. I'm not a doctor. Uh huh. I can only interpret the bills and records on how I see them, mm-hmm. but I would rather want an expert to do that. So we really do rely on the uh, providers to provide that. Uh, but I think it's more so education. Yeah. It's more so education. The literature is education. Uh, 
follow-up question to that because you were talking and it was it's something that struck me when you said that um, you don't have a legal, you have the medical precedent. Mm-hmm. How do you balance the two? So how you balance the two is, is honestly, being able to decipher what is credible and what is not. Mm-hmm. So within the subset of law, my favorite class in law school is evidence. Okay. And I believe that evidence can be the end-all, be-all of a case. So if evidence is an end-all, be-all, then if I have an expert that's going to testify based upon the evidence that's being introduced, mm-hmm. call five and make sure that he's all, that we consider him as a witness, as an expert, mm-hmm. expert witness, um, then the judge, well then, I'm sorry, the jury or the charge of fact, whether it's the judge or jury, we mm-hmm. see this is credible, this is not credible, let the trial of fact decide what's credible and what's not. Now, the defense may have a rebuttal mm-hmm. expert right. to contest what's being said, but um, the science doesn't lie, especially when it's, uh, when it's mass science. Yeah. It's a lot of science. <laughs> so, uh, you know, back to, back to your question, um, it's kind of difficult to determine, you know, what is and what's not, but Honestly, we find out, and that's the beauty of discovery. Mm-hmm. We really don't get to this issue unless we get into discovery. But from, from an attorney standpoint, it's up to the attorney to review the notes, mm-hmm. the reports, mm-hmm. and also get trained within that within that uh, particular area from the expert, which is the neurologist, or whoever may be attending that particular patient, to see if this is plausible or not. Um, but you have to be able to decipher, and attorneys have to be able to stay in their place and know that I am not a medical doctor. <laughs> but it says what it says. Exactly. I can bring this. I can bring this particular witness or this particular person to the forefront. You ask questions, I ask questions. Mm-hmm. No matter what it may be, is it your expertise? Is it your uh, findings? We can question them. How did you get to that point? Mm-hmm. The truth will come out. Yeah. And you keep saying stuff that's taking me off of my my line of questioning here, but uh, no, you you're fine because it, it's it's really good information. Um, and you you kept coming back to education, kept coming back to the using the doctors in their proper place, and then using the law in its proper place. Um, and you kept saying that you would you would use the doctors to educate you in the areas that you're not too knowledgeable in. And that's one thing that I really do respect about you is that you not just for yourself. But you mandate your team, your case managers, your yes. paralegals to always learn. Um, when we have these certifications here for um, brain injury, it's always at least one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's going to be, mm-hmm. <laughs> I was told I had to come. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and after it's over, that changed from, I'm glad I was told I had to come. Because they're the ones that talk to the person first mm-hmm. most of the times. Mm-hmm. So they have to be able to identify yes. some factors to bring to you. Hey, I think we might need to look into this side of this. Correct. So that's that's actually pretty cool, too, to see that shift coming along. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you think it's going to take to sustain this movement to sh- continue to shed light and make TBIs and other brain injuries and give them the attention that they need in the personal injury world? Uh, what I believe is going to maintain uh, the TBI diagnosis or uh, the treatment, whatever may come from that diagnosis, is making sure that the providers are doing what they need to do, mm-hmm. having the correct intake, mm-hmm. having the correct uh, initial processes and forms, and diagnostic testing to make sure that they're properly diagnosing this patient. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just had a conversation with um, one of my colleagues. I said, my job is to make sure that the client is okay. Right. Above my interest. Mm-hmm. 
that's the same thing for a doctor. Yeah. Same thing for a medical. Do no harm. Yeah. Correct. So the way that we keep this in line is to make sure that we do what we need to do in order to move the move, move, move customer forward. Um, and with that, make sure that your processes are in line, mm-hmm. making sure that um, your staff is cognizant of what's about to come mm-hmm. or what may come. Yeah. And also making sure that you're that you're informative. Yeah. On what's going on. that's the only way that we do it and the clients appreciate that. Yeah. Appreciate it being real. Yeah, exactly. No matter if it's a TBI, no matter if it's a conversation that I have to have about the, the evaluation of the case. Mm-hmm. My job is to advise. I believe sometimes that we have this issue some, somewhat uh, similarly to uh, medical doctors, subjective versus the objective, mm-hmm. and trying to decide the two. Right. But uh, my job is to advise. Mm-hmm. And I believe in medicine, you all's job is not only to advise, but also diagnose and treat. Right. Right. So if we keep that forefront and mm-hmm. keep that in the main purview, oh, awesome. I, I'm interested as well to see what's going to continue to go, come from um, the CTE discussion mm-hmm. and the sports side as well too. That's what yeah, yeah. Um, I think the more we learn about it on that side, mm-hmm. the more it's going to translate into this because I mean they're really closely related. Mm-hmm. If you look at CTE, which primarily comes from football. Mm-hmm. They've already correlated it to coming from the impacts, mm-hmm. the violent impacts of football. Well, what's most of the time equated to a motor vehicle accident? A violent impact. Violent. The only difference is in the motor vehicle accident, I don't have a helmet and pads on. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it's, it's not really hard to see the correlation, and I get it. Defenses are they're going to do what they're put in place mm-hmm. to do. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think the more we learn about it on the sports side and the more we, we correlate that to the motor vehicle and personal injury mm-hmm. side, I think the, the better off it's going to be and the bigger of a platform it's going to have on this side too. I agree. And it's also the onus on the attorneys as well. Um, I know a lot of attorneys mm-hmm. that don't take what they call these to the wrong property damage case. Mm-hmm. So sometimes I can figure out what I'm going to get on that person to so one of the main things is they say that we're not going to we're going to argue this particular amount and maybe very low bills. Mm-hmm. But my main premise is property damage is not correlative to injury. Correct. It's not. I believe the literature says, um, and I'm pretty sure this is from Spot um, Injury Center, Dr. Cafeteria, uh, that a uh, whiplash can occur at five miles per hour. Right. For sure. Mm-hmm. That particular vehicle, particular vulnerable force, mm-hmm. that's physics, that's not my purview. Right. But you still have a person on the inside of an object, mm-hmm. inside of the vehicle. So what if you have that person on the inside? You don't know what they went through before. You don't know what they're going through at that particular time. You can find out. If you go through a process, if you litigate, you can find out. But, mm-hmm. but, I always start off with, if I get an offer like that, property damage is not correlated to Looking for a big impact. Mm-hmm. Uh, the big impacts, sure enough, that may be there. But also, I've seen people get out big impacts and be okay. Yes. And have no impacts. <laughs> exactly. So I believe also, um, even on the, out, on the outskirts of the vehicle, you know, all these particular cosmetic defects on the back of bumpers, mm-hmm. pull out that bumper. Right. Put it that far. And Put it that far. And, so we talk about no. Yes. Oh, I. I was before this. 
I did well, not did. I it wasn't like prison or nothing, <laughs> but I worked. <laughs> I worked for about ten years in the collision repair industry. So yeah, I absolutely. A lot of people don't understand that plastic bumper mm-hmm. is over a styrofoam, mm-hmm. and that styrofoam sits directly onto the frame of the car. So what happens when that vehicle is hit? Mm-hmm. The bumper is going to cave. Mm-hmm. The styrofoam is going to crack. Now, mm-hmm. start with the styrofoam absorb some of that energy? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. But if enough of that energy gets to the frame, it ripples all the way through that car. Mm-hmm. And if that frame is rippled all the way to the front, mm-hmm. I mean, that is a very good chance that that car is going to be totaled out. Unless it's damaged. Mm-hmm. And, you know, what I've learned, I'm still a student. I'm still a student, and I learned from a lot of great attorneys in the game. Uh, that are in Atlanta and abroad, mm-hmm. uh, some great attorneys that I always look to and are always trying to find certain uh, tidbits. But as attorneys, attorneys, attorneys have to take a step further. Mm-hmm. True enough, we know for a fact that, you know, property damage, they get the vehicle, they assess the vehicle, they send it to their collision company, they pay them. Mm-hmm. You can really find out some things if you take it to a private, a private collision yes. company and do the right thing. Yes. So, uh, even if you don't do that, there mm-hmm. are other ways to be creative to mm-hmm. determine the broad force. Right. These new cars are being built with computers. You can see exactly cool. Black. how fast they were going, the front of impact, mm-hmm. what that download may be. Black boxes everywhere now, okay. not just Black on airplanes. Correct, especially in the newer fields. Mm-hmm. So, attorneys have to get a bit you know, more strategic when it comes to that. But, uh, you know, sometimes I get a bit, bit of flack about this small case or a big case. Right. It, it, means, it means nothing. It means nothing. Because nonetheless, as mentioned before earlier, I represent the client. My objective is to make sure the client's interests are taken care of. Yeah. I was told about one young lady had $1,500 in property damage. Mm-hmm. Had one of the worst traumatic brain injuries that the doctor had seen. Mm-hmm. And hers manifested in on the PTSD side. Mm-hmm. She was anxious about driving, which is something that a lot of times goes unnoticed mm-hmm. because a lot of people don't even think about, oh, my head when they get into an accident because we've been so conditioned to think surgeries mm-hmm. and chiropractic work is what needs to be done after an accident. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of people think that's what gets the big bucks, mm-hmm. but they rarely think that, okay, am I mentally okay? Mm-hmm. But And even if they realize that, okay, driving scares me now. Mm-hmm. I mean, the day and time we live in, I still got to get to work. I got bills to pay. Mm-hmm. My attorneys are telling me I got to get to treatment if this case is going to settle. Mm-hmm. My kids got to go X, Y, Z. So even though I'm afraid to drive, I got to do it. Mm-hmm. And that's a sad reality that a lot of people who have been in personal injury accidents are going through, um, which is another part of, like you said earlier, the education we're trying to bring is that we have to bring light to that mental part of it too. Correct. Like it's yeah, it's more than just I'm dizzy or I can't remember something. Sometimes you have a mental PTSD is a mental disease. Mm-hmm. Now that even goes to you know, that's still a damage. Yes. Damages. So you know, it may be or may not, but I believe that when we're talking about those particular mm-hmm. things that you can't see to the eye, mm-hmm. that's general damages mm-hmm. under Georgia law. Right. So damage that you can't ever find that dollar amount on, even though you may have been true for that. You may have had to go to a counselor for PTSD. Mm-hmm. You may have had to go to a therapist for your anxiety because you're scared to get in the car. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember one of my mentors telling me that she was in the car, that their client was in the car with her husband. It was a very bad condition. That particular husband had a 
has to put a bat on his head. Oh, wow. He doesn't want to see the road. He's that traumatized. Oh, wow. And that, that is a true story. That is a true story. But nonetheless, that's up to the providers to make sure that the intake is okay. Ask the right questions. Mm-hmm. Because that's something that, mm-hmm. you know, I may miss. Correct. Or something that they may step over. Or something that may evolve over time. Mm-hmm. Because mild TBIs or even traumatic brain injuries, mm-hmm. you know, those are progressing issues. Correct. There are progressing issues based upon the literature that I've read. Mm-hmm. But um, it's important that we make sure that we get those zero damages so that we can make sure that they're taken care of. But for those particular people that cause those damages. Exactly. So, but for this particular person going through what they went through, they wouldn't have been here if they, did, if they weren't. There. Right. They didn't cause collision. Mm-hmm. They didn't deal with this before. Exactly. If they did. Let's just pull it up and try to see if they have. Mm-hmm. Did another collision cause this? Was it exacerbated? Mm-hmm. Did we have an extra plan here? So, uh, you have to keep that finite eye on that just to make sure that, you know. You're taking care of that client, and it always goes back to the premise: put your client's interests above yours, because you have to listen to them. Number one, but number two, also have to read the literature and make sure that you reference the uh, the documents that are there that business there. Exactly, exactly, exactly. Well, I mean, I think we've encompassed everything around head injuries and clients and personal injury, but I can't let you get out of here without talking about your sites. Oh yeah. <laughs> well, that about that. I'm comfortable now. <laughs> so, um, what is your prognosis for the upcoming year? All right. So my prognosis. So I that's, my word, my prognosis. that's my word of the day. Listen, off my calendar. My prognosis. prognosis list. I, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm an evidentiary guy. Reference evidence long term. So we're gonna take it back on the off season. We just signed James Winston to a deal. Famous James. And he's healthy. And he's, and he's healthy. He is. We also just signed Tyron Matthew mm-hmm. for three years, thirty-three, mm-hmm. I believe. To an already good defensive core. Already mm-hmm. good defensive mm-hmm. core. Shout out to my one of my good friends, Bradley Roby, who is also cornerback for the Saints. Mm-hmm. He's also best friend, best friends with one of my business partners, AJ McDonald. Um, I think we're good, man. We got Alan Kamara. Mm-hmm. I mean, we got Mike, Mike Thomas coming back. back. We got Mike Callaway. You know, we have weapons. And the thing about the Saints, probably the only demise of this particular offseason was Lula Sean Payton. That's our core. That's our drive. That's our dog. But now, is he but, totally gone or did he move into the front office? Oh, wow. Okay. 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 But, you know, we've we already had our rate. You know, mm-hmm. we do. You know, okay. But, you know, and, and guess what? It don't matter who's in the division. <laughs> you can either see the Saints rising out on top or it's number two. You know, the Falcons ain't going to be so. Well, at least. That that doesn't hurt me. I'm not a Falcon saying. I'm a realist. And I just had this conversation with a friend today. Mm-hmm. I think number one, the Saints defensive line dominated Tampa Bay's offensive line last year. For sure. Call it what it is. Even though I think we lost her. I think we lost a Tyrone Longstead too. I'm not sure. We lost a great uh, offensive line. Yeah. I still think that, like you said, the Saints are being slept on. They're gonna wake some people up. And everybody's so excited about Tom Brady coming back. I don't think Tampa Bay is going to win the division because Miami got a whole lot better. But listen, you can take it back two years ago when he first came to the Bucs. When Tom Brady first came to the Bucs. We won the division consecutively, consecutive years. Mm-hmm. We did. We have a dynamite defense, Cam Jordan. Mm-hmm. Uh, my guy, my guy, big linebacker, Demario Davis. Mm-hmm. Some real dogs on defense. So, you can win the division however much you want to win the playoffs. Mm-hmm. The playoffs. Playoffs. 
Play out some different games. <laughs> different okay. So hopefully we can, you know, we're going to dominate the regular season. I remember last week we had our first game against the Packers, blew them out. <laughs> I don't know if people remember that. When Aaron Rodgers came to that, we blew them out. They didn't even score. They didn't score one touchdown. But look where Aaron Rodgers got to thereafter still. Won MVP. Still got to his championship game for the conference. Mm-hmm. Where were we? We lost James. So let's see how it goes. But regular season will be all right. Playoffs, let's get it right. All right. Well, look, man, we appreciate you coming and spending a little bit of time with us. Um, you guys have heard the thoughts of Noah J. Moore Esquire. Um, only time will tell if he has a TBI or if he's a prophet. Only time will tell. <laughs> but I think we spent enough time in your heads for this week. Um, tune in for the next episode of Talking Heads coming at you soon. Um, have a great day, and we'll talk to you later. Peace. Stop doing it. You stop that recording. Stop doing it. Okay.